The Self-Helpful Podcast is brought to you by Ziegler, your premier source for equipping coaches to help leaders and top performers excel professionally and personally. Visit Ziegler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Inspiration. Turn up the motivation. You're on the Ziegler Inspire Podcast. Zig Ziegler wants you to be your best. Welcome to Zig Ziglar's Inspire Podcast. This is your host, Blake Lindsay. In this podcast, Zig is telling two of my favorite stories, one about the wisdom of life and one about working for the railroad company. I hope you enjoy these stories as much as I do. Let's turn it up a notch and listen to Zig together. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra-rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. The Redhead and I had an opportunity to see the musical Crazy For You. How many of you by any chance have seen that particular uh, musical, all right? We were absolutely enthralled with that particular presentation. And as I sat there, I got to tell you, uh, I almost never see anything that I don't start thinking, well, now, how can I use this? What am I learning? Uh, that's where I get my biggest enjoyment. And as I watched those uh, 27 or 8 performers out there, I was absolutely fascinated. And as I looked at them, I said, now there are some lessons that we can learn for this. Number one, the effort that every singer and dancer was expending was total. I mean, they gave it their all. And they were giving their all at the end just as they were at the very beginning. Their enthusiasm was absolutely contagious in what they were doing. They had a conviction that their role made the difference in whether it was going to be a successful presentation or not. And you know what? They were right. It's the same old story for the one of the nail the shoe was lost, for one of the shoe the horse was lost, for one of the horse the rider was lost, for one of the rider the battle was lost, for one of the battle the country was lost. And a lot of times one person breaks down and particularly in small companies that does create a lot of problems. I wish you could have seen the commitment. I mean these uh, guys and gals, they were committed to do their absolute best. They were giving it their all. And the thing that kind of intrigued me, uh, you could just feel and see the way they were encouraging each other. Come on, as if to say, you can do it, you can do it. And they were there pulling for them. When one would be singing, the others would be looking at them. And you could, you could just feel that they are encouraging. Think what that would do in the attitude of most companies. Their team spirit was absolutely beautiful. They knew they were functioning as one. And I got to tell you, there was a lot of trust involved. I don't know if you've ever really watched active dancers or not. 
But I'm telling you, you've got to be in good physical shape. You've got to be an athlete to do a lot of those things. And the thing that intrigued me was, uh, here the star of the show, you know, he's doing all of this cavorting all over the place. And for five minutes or whatever, he never even looks behind. And then he comes up and there's a collapse, a big drop off behind. And without even glancing behind, back he goes. Now, if somebody's not there to catch him, ladies and gentlemen, he is seriously injured. He had the trust because of all the things that had happened before. And that brings up the timing that is there. The timing of what we do is important. And they were having fun. I mean, they were having an enormously good time in doing what they were doing. When you can have some fun in what you're doing, and I believe that whatever the job is, all of us can get some enjoyment out of it somewhere along the way. There's a a bit of humor in almost everything that happens. I know this is going to sound like a cruel uh, humor, uh, but uh, he laughed the loudest himself after he got through crying. Uh, But uh, Jim Norman, the CEO of our company, was walking in uh, one day, and it was slippery right there in front of the company that day, and he slipped and he ended up flat out on the ground. About half the people saw him there, and they just thought, that was the funniest thing ever. Now, obviously he was not hurt or they would not have been laughing. What's funny about seeing somebody's fall? Have you, how many of you have ever fallen? Don't you feel absolutely the silliest you've ever felt in your life? Uh, but that, if it doesn't hurt, that is. I mean, you're just so embarrassed. Well, it happened to me here a couple of weeks ago. We were riding uh, in the tram out at DFW. And, you know, they always say, hold on to something. But, shoot, I know everything's going to be all right. So I'm just standing there, you know. And all of a sudden, bam, I mean, uh, they put the brakes on that thing. And I went tumbling down like a ton of bricks. I got to tell you, after I got over the shock and a, a little embarrassment and fortunately I was not hurt but then I thought it was funny too. Right? You can have some fun at it. These guys and gals were hard workers. I mean they were giving it their all. Put that to work in your personal life in the school, in the family, in the company and uh, you'll be amazed at what the results were going to be. Now let me tell you the rest of the story. They're probably isn't more than 10% of this audience today are no more than 10% of all the people who will ever listen to this series of recordings who are not making more money than everybody in that production except maybe the top three or four people. And it's one of the most uncertain industries in all the world. Why do they do it? They love to do it, number one. Number two is every one of them has a conviction deep down that they someday are going to make it big. The odds are astronomical that they won't. But without that hope, there is not going to be any chance at all. And what I'm really saying with that, whatever it is that you do, the odds are considerably higher that with the same effort, the same commitment, the same enthusiasm, the same commitment to rehearsing again over and over, what you do off the job is the determining factor in how far you go on the job. You prepare before you go to work. But here's a major point I want to make. When it was all over, had there been no applause for all that effort, then that play, that musical, would long ago have died. Shakespeare said, 
that the applause of a single human being is of great consequence. All of us need applause. Again, to repeat, my friend James Howard, who's a consultant at our company, does motion studies and productivity studies, uh, is doing them for our company. He says, in answer to the question, what does management say when you complete a task? 94% of them said management says nothing. Think of what a downer that is. Apply this and we can get so much more done in uh, our life. Now the question comes up, why is it that people do not develop the talent and work hard as they're capable of working and doing? Uh, Denial is the first thing. You see, if you deny you have the ability and the talent, uh, then, uh, you know, I just don't have the ability, then that gives you that loser's limp, that excuse. But you can't expect much from me because I haven't got much. That's the reason so much of this series has been uh, dedicated to changing that picture you have of yourself. Now, one of my favorite stories, turn of the century down in Beaumont, Texas, A man was uh, selling his property bit by bit because there was a depression on and a drought to feed his family. He was doing that. An oil company came along and said, Sir, we think there's oil underneath your property. Let us drill for oil. If we discover it, uh, we will pay your royalties on every barrel. Well, the man had nothing to lose, a great deal to gain. He said, Let's do it. And so they drilled for the oil. In those days, the derricks were made out of wood. When they brought in a gusher, the force of the gusher destroyed the derrick. The greater the destruction, the greater the excitement. When this one came in, it blew the derrick to smithereens. And for the next 11 days, hundreds of thousands of barrels of oil poured out before they could put the cap on it. It was spindle top the most significant, productive, single oil well in history. Three major oil companies were born out of that field that day. The man became an instant millionaire. Or did he? You see, in reality, he'd been a millionaire many times over ever since he had acquired the property. But until they discovered the oil brought it to the surface and took it to the marketplace and cashed it in. It had no value. See, it doesn't make any difference how much ability you have unless you recognize that ability and confess that ability. You thought confession was a dirty word, didn't you? And then develop that ability. It really does not have the value. That's what how to stay motivated really is all about. Discovering and then developing, motivating to pull out. A lot of people never get started. They're procrastinators. Tomorrow is the greatest labor-saving device ever invented. And so a lot of people never do things they're going to, uh, but, uh, you know, not today. Then there's that fear of failure that I talked about in the uh, goal-setting segment we dealt with. What is fear? It forms an acrostic for false evidence appearing real. The fourth reason a lot of people people don't get in it. They are self-centered and literally irresponsible. You know, not, that's not my deal. You know, I'm thinking, here's what I want to do. I want to do my thing. And they never accept the responsibility for using their own abilities. They're deep involved in the blame game. Blame somebody else. Blame society. Blame 
everybody. And number six, a lot of them says, I deserve better than that. Isn't that something? I deserve better than that. I want to start at the top. Well, the only people who really start at the top are grave diggers, and as you know, they end up in the hole. You, uh, you, you don't take, you remember I talked about the immigrants, how they have four times as good a chance of becoming a millionaire as do native-born Americans. And the reason they do is when they come in America, as I stated earlier, they're gung-ho about taking a minimum wage job because minimum wage for them is maximum wage where they came from. They don't look for the better opportunity. They look for the opportunity and make it better. There's a difference right there. That is a very important point. Wouldn't it be incredible if all of our schools taught these basic values of honesty, integrity, and hard work? Of course, we can't place all of the blame on our school system. We each have to take the responsibility of our own character and work ethic. This week, are you going to work for the paycheck or the company? Until next week, this is Blake Lindsay encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. Ziggler. Inspiring true performance.